Hey, my name is Fernie, and I want to welcome you to this week's episode of the Mid-City Church Sermon Cast. We're in week four of Advent as we begin to close out this Advent series and jump into Christmas pretty soon. Uh, I'm excited for this this, uh, sermon today. We're going to be talking about Joseph and the angel appearing to Joseph. And uh, the main thing is uh, Joseph was challenged to participate in this story. And when he says yes, great unimaginable things happen. And I think that when you and I say yes to God, great unimaginable life-changing things can happen as well. So I hope that this sermon will challenge you to say yes to God this Advent season, and especially as we go into Christmas and then begin the new year in a couple weeks. I'm excited you're here, so get ready, because here we go. could have pulled that off. That's what my basketball coach told me right after I scored the game-winning basket to win our YMCA Kids League back when I was in middle school. And if you don't believe me, I have a trophy that I can prove it with. Now, the backstory is not as impressive, but he was right. Only I could have pulled off that game-winning basket. You see, it was the last game of the season, and we were playing the top-ranked team in that that YMCA league. Winner was going to get first place. Now, we were in for a tough one, though. The the other team had these two twins who were, uh, even though they were in middle school, looked like high school varsity players. They were both tall, talented, and nearly impossible to score against. So we're playing the game, and it's actually a pretty close contest. As we go into the last two minutes of the game, we're still pretty close. Except there's one problem. At the time, and I think they still do, the YMCA had a rule that every player on the team had to play for a certain amount of time. Otherwise, you would automatically forfeit the game. Well, the game's almost over, and guess who still hasn't played? Yep. Me. I have been sitting on the bench this whole game. Now, I wasn't a horrible player, I think, but that was the first time that I had ever played on an organized team, which meant that every time I would go in, I would get really nervous and make a lot of uh, clumsy mistakes. So my coach would even have to tell me before I went in, he'd say, don't be afraid, right? Just go play and have fun. Now, eventually I got better, but let's just say that that year, I'm glad that uh, uh, camera phones didn't exist back then because I probably would have ended on America's Funniest Home Videos, and that just uh, aged me right there. So we're almost at the end of the game, and the coach has two options. He either doesn't play me and we forfeit, or he plays me and we probably lose anyway. (laughs) He must have really believed in the other four players because he put me in the game. And I'm pretty convinced that the game plan for those last couple minutes was do not pass the ball to Fernie. So we're down to the last play. There's literally like two seconds on the clock. We're down by one point, and we have to inbound the ball from the baseline on our side. We're, we're going to, uh, on the opposing side. And the opposing team covers everybody except, of course, me. There's no reason to cover me. I have zero points, zero assists, zero rebounds. Basically, I've done nothing but run up and down the court up to this point. But even with me on the court, we had a chance to win. So the ref hands the ball to my teammate, who's standing at the baseline, ready to pass it to whoever gets open first to make the game-winning shot. Again, everyone but Fernie can get the ball, right? One Mississippi, two Mississippi, 
three Mississippi. You only get five seconds to pass the ball inbounds. Otherwise, the other team gets the ball for Mississippi. The only player on the court that is open is me. I'm our only chance at winning. So right before the ref counts to five, the ball gets passed to me. And one of the two twins begins running right towards me. Now, I did a pump fake, not because I was playing smart basketball, but because I panicked as I saw this guy flying towards me. And have you ever seen those movies where the the, the player just like flies past uh, the game-winning person uh, in slow motion? That's exactly what happened. See, once he, uh, he flew past me, I shot the ball just as time expired, and I put us up by one point. We won the game. We were the first place team and the crowd went wild. And by crowd, I mean the 20 parents who were there to watch us play. Now, after we were done celebrating and my teammates congratulated me, my coach came up to me and said, you know, Fernie, only you could have pulled that off. And you know, he was right. Nobody, not even I, expected me to score the game-winning basket. Me playing was more of a formality than a trusting. And because of that, I was left open enough to score the game-winning basket. Only I could have pulled that off. Only I could have pulled that off because no one bothered to defend me. As I recalled this story, it really took me uh, to the heart of our scripture for this week. Let me, let me explain. The Gospel of Matthew, which is the gospel we've been reading through this Advent season, It begins by giving us a 17-verse genealogy that goes from Abraham to King David to Joseph, the husband of Mary, and then to Jesus. It's this beautiful genealogy that Matthew uses to tell us, uh, us as the readers, that Jesus is a big deal, that he is the Messiah, that Jesus is the one everyone had been waiting for. And we know this because Jesus can trace his lineage back to the most important characters of Israel's history. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Ruth, kings like David and Solomon, and so many others. You see, uh, putting Jesus in line with all of these heroes, it means that Jesus is a big deal, and Jesus is coming to, uh, to bring something special to the people. You know, it's almost as if somebody could trace their lineage back to John F. Kennedy or Martin Luther King Jr. or even the Queen of England, right? Your lineage, your genealogy, has the power to elevate your status, And in this very moment in scripture, it is vitally important for for Matthew uh, to connect this lineage to Jesus. But in the story that Matthew is laying out for us, there is a problem. Listen to this reading from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. It says this, This is how the birth of Jesus took place. When Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph, before they were married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man because he didn't want to humiliate her. He decided to call off their engagement quietly. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, all of this took place so that what the Lord has spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as the angel from God commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he didn't have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son. Joseph called him Jesus. Now, did you catch the problem by any chance? I want you to listen to what Douglas here, the professor of New Testament at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, has to say about the problem. He says, the long genealogy presented in Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, ends with a problem. 
The first verse indicates that the following genealogy intends to show that Jesus is the son of David. Yet, when the report reaches Joseph, we do not read, and Joseph fathered Jesus. Instead, we get the genealogically awkward, Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born. In other words, the Gospel of Matthew tells us that through Joseph, Jesus can trace his genealogy all the way back to Abraham. But according to the scripture we read today, Joseph doesn't quote-unquote father Jesus. In fact, for a moment, Joseph almost wasn't even part of the story. See, we're told that once Joseph found out Mary was pregnant, he decided to call off their engagement quietly so as to not humiliate her, but he was thinking about walking away altogether. And it's in that struggle, in that wrestling, that an angel of God appears to him in a dream and says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. This child she carries has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the angel is assuring Joseph that Mary wasn't unfaithful to him. Then the angel says to Joseph, she will give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph has a, has a choice to make. Does he run away in fear or does he stay choosing to trust the message God has given him? We're told in our scripture that when Joseph wakes up from his dream, he did just as the angel from God commanded him and he took Mary as his wife. And then our reading ends with four very important words. Joseph called him Jesus. Now, believe it or not, those four words are extremely important. Those four words are a proclamation that Joseph chooses to trust God through this whole situation. Those four words are a proclamation that even though things don't make sense, Joseph trusts that God can see the bigger picture. Those four words are a proclamation that Joseph chooses to be a part of whatever God is doing here. Those four words are a proclamation that Joseph acknowledges Jesus as his son, and through those four words, legally incorporates Jesus into this genealogy of heroes. Yes, Joseph isn't Jesus' biological father, but God can do great things, and through those four words, Joseph adopts Jesus and incorporates him into Joseph's lineage. Now, this is important because for a long time, the Israelites had been waiting for the Messiah to come. They had been waiting for someone to rise up to power, to overthrow the Roman Empire and restore all of Israel back to its former glory, where they had riches and armies and trade and could rule their cities the way they wanted. In fact, the prophet Jeremiah says this in his letter, The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. And this is a name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Surely through Joseph saying yes to God, through naming this child Jesus and therefore adopting him into his lineage, this child will be that branch of David who will reign as king and deal wisely and execute justice and righteousness and save and restore Israel. I mean, can you hear the good news that the Israelites must have heard as they heard about this story and Joseph saying, this is my son? That the Messiah, that, that, that Messiah, that Savior that they had been waiting for had come and Joseph helped make a way for it to happen. So what does all of this have to do with Advent, the coming of Christmas, and scoring the game-winning basket at a YMCA basketball game? Okay, let's put the pieces together. Without Joseph saying yes, this story doesn't unfold as we know it. Without Joseph choosing to name this child and therefore adopting him into the lineage, 
the story would be completely different. See, in order for the story to go as we know it, Joseph had to say yes. The reality is that only Joseph could have pulled this off for the story to go as it does. Now, don't get me wrong. God is God and God can do all things. So that means that if Joseph had chosen to walk away from this engagement to Mary, God would have still found a way for Jesus to be initiated into David's lineage. But Joseph doesn't walk away. He stays He trusts. He says yes to God, and the story unfolds as we know it today. And I don't know about you, but I think this is an absolutely beautiful story. Here's what I want you to realize, though. Through all of his fear, his doubts, questions, even with all of these thoughts running through his head, the night that the angel appeared to him in a dream, Joseph knew that this child was indeed coming to save the world and that he was being invited to play a role in that story. Despite his fear, doubt, questions, and everything else that made him wonder if he should stay, he chose to stay and participate in the story of the kingdom of God being established here on earth as it is in heaven through that baby Jesus. See, Joseph played a role that only he could play. See, if anyone had a reason to say no, it was Joseph. But he understood that he, even he, had been offered a role to play in this story. And he chose to say yes. Friends, I truly believe that just as God invited Joseph to be a part of the story, God is inviting us, inviting you and I to say yes, to participate as the kingdom of God is established here on earth as it is in heaven. God is still inviting us to participate even when it doesn't make sense. God is inviting us to participate even when we're full of doubt and questions. God is inviting us to participate even when all of society tells us that we should walk away. The beauty of it all is that when we, like Joseph, choose to participate, great, unimaginable, life-changing things happen. All it takes is for us to say yes. See, when we choose to participate after feeling a nudge to feed the hungry, great, unimaginable, life-changing things happen. When we choose to participate after feeling a nudge to help kids through an after-school program like uh, Hype or any programs at the YMCA, great, unimaginable, life-changing things happen. When we choose to participate after feeling a nudge to reach out to someone who we haven't talked to in a while, Great, unimaginable, life-changing things happen when we choose to participate after feeling a nudge to do home repair or help with hurricane or tornado recovery as we have uh, in the state of Louisiana right now or check in on someone or to be kind to a classmate. Great, unimaginable, life-changing things happen. That's what happened when Joseph said yes. Great, unimaginable, life-changing things happened as the story unfolded. All we have to do is to have enough faith to participate in the story as the kingdom of God unfolds before us here on earth as it is in heaven. See, that's what it's about. It's an invitation for us to say yes, an invitation for us to participate as the greatest news ever proclaimed come to us comes to us in a manger. We just have to have enough faith to go through with it and say, yes, God. See, as my coach put me in the game with minutes to go and the game on the line, I was just being asked to participate. And because my answer was yes, great, unimaginable, life-changing for me, things happened that day. When Joseph chose to participate in the story by going through with his engagement and naming the child Jesus, great, unimaginable, uh, life-changing things happened. 
when you choose to participate with God as his kingdom is established here on earth as it is in heaven. Great, unimaginable, life-changing things happen. Friends, like me in that basketball game, Joseph in that dream, and you with whatever nudge God has placed in your heart. Only you can pull off those great, unimaginable, life-changing things. Like Joseph, may you say yes, so that God can use you for these great, unimaginable, life-changing things. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mid-City Church Sermoncast. If you'd like to dive deeper, visit midcity.church sermoncast to find a home sheet that goes along with this message. On the home sheet, you'll find scriptures, questions to wrestle with, and a challenge that goes along with this sermoncast. I want to invite you to support our ministry here at Mid-City Church by giving today. To give, text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to the phone number 225-307-0662. Thanks and see you next week.